Woodley on the beat. All right, you know, mental health is a massive topic. You know, people have been asking us about, you know, covering a podcast on it, getting a guest on it who has the knowledge to actually address this topic. Now, on this episode, we have Mr. Andre Bateman who's going to address it for us, but more specifically, mental health as it relates to money, psychology, and money's relationship. Is it linear? Is it inversely proportional? We'll find out. Mr. Bateman, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. All right, so why don't you start off by giving us a brief introduction as to who you are and why is it that you're qualified to speak about this topic? All right, I can do that. So um, I'm Andre Bateman. I graduated from the University of the West Indies with a master's in clinical psychology. Now I'm in the state at Michigan State University pursuing my PhD in sports psychology. So I guess that makes me somewhat equipped to speak on some of the issues. <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> All right. So I respect the humble introduction. Um, now, Mr. Bateman, I'm glad that you're here to speak to us about this because I've been wondering for a while now, um, before we even get into psychology relationship to money, let's just surround or take a glance at the psychology topic itself. Now, a lot of people nowadays, especially in the COVID-19, um, I'm going to say era, because this has been a whole millennia within this 2020 period, right? So why don't you give us like a breakdown of, you know, some of the psychological effects that might be triggered during this lockdown period, post-lockdown period, period, I'm not going to say pre-lockdown, because pre-lockdown was normalized. So I'm going to say during lockdown and post-lockdown, what do you find that's happening now, especially with people um, having been cooped up for so long? Okay, so first of all, I must say that I have not been or had the privilege to be in Jamaica since um, the pandemic started. So I can only speak from what I've heard and what I see happening here in the States. Right. But if you think of it from a more... Uh, theoretical kind of academic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, every day, day to day, different things happen in our lives, and we can refer to those things as events. So every day, different events take place in our lives. But depending on the nature of these events, we may perceive them as being easy to deal with or difficult to deal with. The events that we probably perceive as being difficult to deal with, we could call them stressful events. And generally speaking, I would assume, and I believe that most people have perceived the events of COVID-19 as being stressful. Mm -hmm. It has meant, as you said, lots of time being cooped up alone uh, or just cooped up in one space for a long time. Issues relating to, you know, where the where money will be coming from because work situations become compromised. And marital status too. Right. And, so it, and then it can just cause a cascading effect. And the thing is, once we start to perceive stressful events as being outside of our control, then we start feeling uncomfortable. And then these feelings of discomfort can end up developing into what we call psychopathology or mental illness. At okay. its- so give us a give us a give us a breakdown of that um, psychopathology. How does that translate into reality? All right. So 
Uh, psychopathology basically refers to a mental disorder. Um, and it's just like any other, other medical condition, a mental disorder disrupts um, daily functioning. But it's just that in this case, it has to do with the condition of the mind and what's happening in the mind. That's common issues as opposed to something that we consider more physiological. Right. So, so it's, not, it's not a flu or it's not uh, a <laughs> pain. It's yeah. discomfort of the mind. Of course, of course. Now, daily functioning. As you said, as you said before, you know, the translation into reality um, is through perception, right? Am I, am I mistaken? No. Uh, I, yeah, you, we could okay. say. So, so if I am a chronic pessimist or I think negatively continuously, right? Mm -hmm. This is something that perpetuates the present, right? What can I do to either change my mindset or to rebalance my mind to kind of have that positive and negative shift, right? Because I already think as a pessimist or, an, or, or as a person that thinks negative thoughts continuously, it's really hard to dig yourself out of a self-dub hole. So what is the first step somebody, somebody can take out of changing that mindset, coming from that pessimism to more of an optimistic mindset? Is there, a, is, is there is, I wouldn't say treatment, but is there a course of action that somebody can take to even begin rectifying that kind of mindset. All right, so what you're describing to me can be is a very complicated um, thing. And I'd have to break it down just to show how, you know, it's essentially the problem can be rectified. First of all, I'd want to move away from labels. So the whole being a pessimist or an optimist, I don't think is necessarily helpful because it gives the impression that that is a person's label and they will forever be that way. And, oh, okay. and sometimes, I mean, for our betterment, and it, it, it's, it's better to just, and more healthy to use words that don't label the individual. Because most people aren't trying to be pessimistic, if you get what I'm saying. Right. So, but to further answer the question, I like to think of things from a thoughts perspective. So, you, you highlighted the fact that I said it's, a lot of it is based on perception. And perception has to do with the way you think. The way you think has to do with the actual thoughts that are in your mind. And if we think of a simple definition of what a thought is, a thought can be seen as the way we speak to ourselves. And if the way that we speak to ourselves is constantly unhelpful, and I also try to stay away from words like positive or negative, because that's also left to perception. Right. But if those thoughts are unhelpful based on where you are in life, then you will feel some amount of distress and discomfort because you're not living according to your values or your goals. So your life isn't becoming fulfilling because you're constantly focused on what isn't helpful. And if we, so if you think of a thought as a single entity, if it isn't helpful and it stays in your mind, it will produce unhelpful outcomes. Right, right. And, you know, you spoke about unhelpful outcomes. Um, let's transition to, you know, personal relationships with, um, whether that be with a <clears throat> relative, a spouse, you know, having difficulties 
of the mind. You know, people tend to try to feed you, I'm guessing, opinions to try and overcome a particular feeling, um, particular scenario you're going through, you know, kind of trying to, as I said, initially trying to rebalance your consciousness, you know, feed that positivity that is necessary. Um, I'm not going to even say positivity because you say positivity and negative is kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, you understand what I'm saying, right? So people really are always trying to, even if they're not a professional per se, let's say I, I have a friend in need, especially as it relates to the mind. You know, they're not in the right place and I, I, I start to feed them information, not necessarily the right information, and necessarily the information that can help them out of that certain scenario. Because, you know, I'm a friend, I'm looking out for you, I'm reaching out for you, but maybe my opinion is not necessarily the opinion that helps. Is it that someone should seek professional advice strictly, or is the advice of a friend or a loved one um, an option? All right, so very excellent question. And I can see that you're learning based on the, the type of words that you're using, because you said something about your advice maybe not being helpful. And that's kind of where, how I'd want people to think because that's how we get over these issues. But you raise a very good point as it relates to how to deal with these issues in, in friendships and in relationships. So if you're close to somebody, it is pretty easy generally to tell when they're not really in the best space. Yes. All had friends in those situations. But we may not always be able to help them or we may try and we end up doing the wrong thing, making it worse. Exactly. First of all, the whole idea is to be a good friend. And to be a good friend means you're going to provide support. And it's important, this is the key takeaway, provide support and not advice. Yes. Unless <laughs> advice is asked for. Key takeaway. Key. Right. So all don't always always remember that. So is if your friend, if you think you have a friend that's in need of support, you say to the friend, "What's happening? Wagwan. Tell me wagwan." Yeah. But the next step is to listen. To just listen non-judgmentally and make them know that you're listening. So them saying, "Boy, this is happening. That COVID, this COVID, that." And you say, boy, I chew, COVID, this, COVID, that, you know. But then don't put it onto yourself and say, yeah, yeah, may I go through this too. No, that doesn't help your friend right now. Listening non-judgmentally, allowing them to talk, make them know that you're listening to them. But then you also em empathize with them. So allow them to understand that you get it from their point. You know? So like using words like, yo, I get it. Uh, like, I understand what you're Yeah, yeah. Right? Because I feel it too. And my situation was as bad as yours, and I feel the same with our worse, right? But try as much as possible, because one of the things that we tend to do a lot as Jamaicans is to turn the conversation. So your friend say, yo, I have a headache. And you say, yo, from yesterday, my head hurt me. And then <laughs> that becomes all about you, right? Yeah. And the idea is to just be a good friend, provide support, and just help to talk them through it. However, if the situation is, is, is reaching to a point where your friend clearly is with daily activities, then you need to recommend that they see a professional. Right. I would start by saying, yo, go check your doctor because the doctor 
be able to, your general doctor should be able to point you into the right direction to get more psychological help. And you know, you have this preconceived notion that going to a doctor for psychological issues means that you're, you're mad. You understand? We have you're mad, you're weak, something wrong with you. Right, something wrong with you, you're weak, you're you know, masculine, especially the males. Right? Yeah. Uh, we have that, I'm not going to say, it's almost like an inferiority complex. If we go there and we say, oh, you know, that when I feel 200 in the head, um, what you can do for me? And next time I look at you and say, yeah, idiot, we are a good doctor for. You understand? And what I realized as well is that, um, not to be a, the word I used before, a pessimist, but <laughs> social yeah. media is feeding into that um, mental dilemma. Because what I realize is that a lot of the people I've been speaking to, especially over the COVID, especially during the COVID era, as I said before, the, the circulation of negativity and the, 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 the undying demand for entertainment will always drive consumers, which is us, towards platforms like that, right? And we consume this content on a daily, and it affects our mind. It, it, it almost, it's almost like a compounding effect on our minds. We watch this daily for months, and we don't realize the changes that are happening, the subtle changes that you know, our friends can pick up on. As you said before, you know, we, we can reach out, but you know, our help is not always the help that is recommended. But listening, as you said, is probably the key now, there are some cases where listening isn't enough and recommending that a doctor is, but how do persons in your profession even keep up with social media? Because social media is wide reaching. It, 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 it affects almost, I mean, Facebook has 2.2 billion users, right? How does a psychologist keep up? I, I mean, enough money that you know, but guess what, you're not gonna reach everybody. Yeah. But how do you keep up with 2.2 billion people, let's say, consuming the same amount of content per day and having those adverse effects on your mind? How do you even keep up with that? All right. So it's funny that you asked that question because my question to you is why does a psychologist need to keep up? Right. Because the thing is, like, if you if you come to me and you know and you need help, you need the services of a psychologist to help you through whatever is happening. I don't need to necessarily be keeping up with social media to help you. I need to understand what's going on with you. And then through my training, I can help you to manage what's going on in your life. And then if we identify that social media is a problem, then we can come up with tools and strategies to deal with social media as a problem in your life. Mm -hmm. um, and to just elaborate on that a little bit more, I think one of the big issues with social media is that it provides entertainment and something to do right at your fingertips so like you can get access to everything uh, you know whether it's entertaining or whatever but i think one of the biggest issues with social media also just the time spent on it is the whole idea of social comparison right so because you, you you know you're on instagram you're on facebook and you see pictures of your friends doing xyz or them host of this way or them face of this way whatever you want to you know, you want to yourself with them. Right. And if you know that you fall short, then it's going to be very distressing because you just cannot live up to it. And it's funny because like when they, when they, 
you know, the social media boom came out. You know, I was young enough to be a part of it and all of my friends, you know, took, took it up. But I just didn't. And looking back, I wasn't like, I, I didn't do it for any great noble reason. It just didn't seem to suit my personality at the time. And, and on reflection, I'm very happy that I didn't because I feel like I have much less to deal with because I'm not immersed in it to the extent that most of my friends and people younger than me are. So, but at the end of the day, I think it's the issue of social comparison. And once we end up trying to live somebody else's life, we're not fulfilling our life and our purpose. And it will inevitably lead to this. And but I mean, ultimately, that, that know, psychopathology like a, can develop. Yeah. That doesn't, seem like a, that doesn't seem like a problem that will end for now because as far as the eye can see, social media is going nowhere. Right. That's so, why psychologists will always have work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. So let's move into the let's move into the big money topic now. Yeah. The, the relationship between money and psychology. Right. I recently before this uh, interview, I was reading a study that had said that individuals with who were suffering from depression and anxiety were three times more likely to be in debt. And somebody who isn't. Now, why is there that link between? I mean, it is obvious to people, and some people can explain it, but we want a more in depth or more scholastic, um, you know, representation or depiction of the relationship between money and psychology. Yeah, so, all right, so very simply, if, if you're struggling with a mental disorder, it means you're unable to function. Your mind is unable to function in an optimal way within different domains of your life. So if you think of your life as separated into different domains, you have relationships, you have school, you have work, you have all of these different domains, you have you know, sports, whatever your thing is. Depending on the nature of your mental disorder or your mental struggles, then some or all of these areas of your life will be impacted. And it goes back to what we were saying. Like for most of these things, there are thoughts that we have that we are buying into and we're latching onto them and they're forcing us in unhelpful directions. And if you think about it, if, if you're constantly worried every day about your health or COVID, you don't have the space and the capacity to be creative enough to make money. Right. Because your whole like mindset, your whole your all of your energies are basically spent focusing on these thoughts that are not helpful. Right. That's essentially the root of what is happening. And if you're not able to focus on advancing yourself economically through whatever means you know suits you and your personality. So if you're more of an academic, you probably should be in school trying to get degrees so that you can get paid for these degrees. If you're an athlete, you need to be out there training so that you can perform to the best so you can get paid. If you are a, like a, a creative or an entrepreneur, you need that space, that mental space to be able to function at the minimum so you can get paid. Right. And these psychological issues act as a roadblock in preventing you from accessing these things. And as a result, you're going to end up 
being distressed, feeling unfulfilled, and the cycle. So as you said earlier, you just start digging a deeper hole for yourself. Yeah. It just gets worse and worse and worse. I realize that another thing, um, money for most is a route or an avenue to happiness, right? And what we realize is, and even before you said about the comparison, that, that was happening way before social media. Yeah, so of course. Social media was, was amplified, right? Put it on our platform that to, for everyone to see and then compare themselves to. Now, right now, as it stands, we spoke about, spoke about as well, entrepreneurs. Now, the life of, of an entrepreneur in business is a very lonely one, right? Um, as, you, as you said before, we don't, we don't take mental health and psychology seriously enough right? Do you find that entrepreneurs, do you find that entrepreneurs um, don't tend to get their mental, um, mental checked out, I wouldn't say checked out, but get it balanced to perform at optimum levels? Or is this, do you see this as a necessity in business to have that optimum mental to perform at optimum levels? Um, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to broad, you know, you know, put everybody in a category because I tend to approach psychology and um, psychological interventions and consultations from a very individualistic point of view. So I try to look at each case on its own merit. And, but the, the, the simple fact remains that if you are not focused on what is important to you, and if there are other things that are interfering with this focus, so like stressful life events, you know, unhelpful thoughts, going back to that, then it, in theory, it is impossible for you to give all your energies towards your true purpose. And in order to be an entrepreneur, especially and in these creative careers, you definitely need to have that space to be able to do that. So what would help is that, so like, so some basic tips then that could probably help. And like before I even um, go into that, you said something about, you know, like the route to happiness being money and, and so on. And you might be right, but to be seeking happiness through money is always going to be futile because happiness, just like any other emotion, is fleeting. At no point do we experience an emotion constantly. Right. Makes sense? Like, literally, would you want to be happy all the time? No, 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 no. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, like, you know, we have to be happy sometimes, we have to be sad sometimes, we have to be anxious sometimes, we have to be excited sometimes. It goes back to balance. It's more important that we recognize who we are and try to figure out our purpose, our values, our goals, and pursue them and focus on them as opposed to the pursuit of happiness. Right. It's fleeting. It, it won't be permanent. So you yeah. your time from the answer. All right. So finally, let's wrap this up. Um, very short time frame, but very informative. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Bateman, I must commend you. This has been educating for me because, you know, I was always that person that, you know, a friend would come to and say, yo, bro, I'm going to in the right place. And then me thinks of me as a psychologist. And I'll be offering my advice, which is the wrong thing to do. So I've learned that today, definitely. So let's wrap this up now. And, and, and this is a question that I wish I could put it first, but 
I think it would be perfect for the last one. There are many people facing a plethora, a plethora of issues right now, mental issues, mental illnesses. Some are unknowing of the fact that they do suffer from these um, mental illnesses or, 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 um, or issues. Now, how, or do you have any advice for those people listening right now that might be suffering from a certain uh, illness and don't know? Are there signs that somebody uh, can see or pick up on, even not, not necessarily the person experiencing it, but the loved ones, um, relatives looking onward for, for them to detect and say, you know what, I think you need to get some help, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, so first of all, if, if you're outside looking in, one of the first things you'd want to look for are changes in behavior. So if you notice that somebody used to always be a go-getter, but for the last few weeks, especially if you know that something you know, eventful happened, they're not being they're, you know, low energy, not pushing out as much. You can clearly see lack of motivation. Um, changes in behavior, very key in, in noticing it. Um, being in low moods a lot is another um, telling factor. So especially if you know that the person is, you know, maintaining a sad kind of disposition most of the time, especially if that's not their normal state, that's another key factor. People not talking as much as they used to. And I guess not being as active on social media as they usually are, or like the, the content that they're pushing out just appears to be so much different and probably even very morbid in comparison to what they usually do. Right. Attention to the content of what people are saying. So like if normally they, they would be more uplifting in their content of their conversations and so on, but all of a sudden it becomes you know, less uplifting. And so changes in behavior overall, we pay keen attention to this. Um, another thing, before, I know you didn't specifically ask this, but like, it would be remiss of me to be talking about all of these things and not kind of giving helpful tips. Sure. So because I see psychopathology, mostly depression, anxiety, which are the most common ones as being linked to you know, thoughts that won't, unhelpful thoughts that won't go away. What my general tips are, first of all, we need to pay attention to our thoughts. And so we need to notice our thoughts, first step. The second thing is we need to accept them. But just not just to accept them, but to accept them for what they are, which are thoughts. That's all they are. We have a million of them in our minds at any point. Right. So the thought that is distressing you is no different from the other thoughts in your mind. So recognize it as a thought and accept it. Next, you determine whether or not the thought is helpful. The thought isn't helpful if it isn't helping you achieve your potential and fulfilling your life's purpose, then we probably need to be focusing on another thought. And then the last step is to try to separate from unhelpful thoughts and gravitate towards helpful thoughts. That's extremely hard. Extremely it's, it's not hard. easy, but like anything else, it takes practice. Right, right. So I don't want everybody blowing up your hotline right now because... <laughs> I'm sure after this um, episode, you know, we actually just hit 5,000 downloads on the podcast. So I'm guessing a good amount of people are listening to this. So yeah. I think that persons are going to want help as it regards to psychology and, you know, mental illness, mental health. So just um, if you want to give a contact with an email or a personal phone number that people can use to 
reach out to you just in case they have a friend or maybe themselves have a problem? Um, yeah, so I mean, unfortunately, I'm not in the position to be practicing right now. As I said, I'm in school, I'm doing my PhD, I'm completely swamped. Right. Um, but the general recommendation is talk to your primary physician first, have them recommend um, a psychologist for you. Hopefully within the next year or two, I'll be back in Jamaica practicing again. And at that point in time, you know, if you invite me on your show again, I'll give you my information and how to um, reach out to me. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate this, Mr. Bateman. I appreciate the time you've taken to educate the masses, especially on mental health in this time, in this time of, um, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say uncertainty, but I think I need a larger word because you know this has 2020 has been a whole experience. So yeah. for everyone listening right now, um, on behalf of everyone suffering, whether mentally, um, financially, or whatever, um, seek some positive. I'm not going to say positive. Seek some words of advice from either a professional or a trusted friend, not on psychology, but you know just to get, just to have a little bit of that influence in the life that isn't always towards leaning towards that um, droopy or that low energy side, you know, reach out, talk to a professional, talk to a friend, talk to a family member. Mr. Bateman, thank you again mm -hmm. for joining the show. You enjoyed Thanks for having here. me. Thanks for having me. It was my yeah. pleasure. Yeah, man. Take care of yourself. Well, go on, Pony Plaza there. Just want to make sure you know, so thanks for watching the video. Thank you guys so much for the support, just being the best part of HHJ, the best part of Hustle House. Leave a rating, a like, a subscribe, a comment, just do all the things, all right? I hope you have a Merry Christmas, drink all the eggnog, and y'all take care, be safe, stay masked up, all right?